0: CJ Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio studios in Lake Wales, Florida, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowler's Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show is regularly scheduled at the same time each week. The late Kegel owner, the great John Davis, told Len Nicholson to start this program because quote, people need to know what you know. End quote. This PBA and Bowling Writer Hall of Famer has now recorded over 1,200 shows and has featured over 425 guests since 2002, 20 years plus of bowling knowledge, story sharing, and true expertise. Phantom, we need to know what you know. So Phantom fans, here's your host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom.
1: Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company. Well, Phantom Fans, this week's guest has been here many times, and he knows as much about our great sport as anyone. He usually surprises us, and I'm curious to find out exactly what he has in tune for today's. He's lined up all kind of different shows. He's talked about lane conditions. He's talked about bowling balls. He's talked about the top pros. He talks about everything, and he's an expert at all of it. So I know he's got something lined up today. It's going to be a surprise, but you know him for his total bowling knowledge and his great voice. So here he is, the voice of Phantom Radio, C.J. Layton. Mm. Hello, C.J. How you doing, parts? Pards. I'm doing well. Always
0: great to speak to you, my friend, the Phantom, and I hope you're doing well as well. The show's sounding great. You know, every Wednesday morning, it's morning coffee and the Phantom, so I'm really happy to be here.
1: (laughs) Well, I know you're one of our our biggest fans, and you're always ready to do another show with me now and then, and, you know, I've got a a diverse show with all types of people on here, and we've been focusing in on some of the old-timers because, as I promised, Ever since 2002, when this thing started, is I'm not going to forget about the old timers and those that uh, cemented our industry, especially with the old PBA. So you and I have had conversations in the past regarding pro bowlers helping to grow the sport on the junior level and increase the level of the bowling culture. I heard that you had another uh, conversation with someone who is doing just that. So I'm really curious to find out who that is. So who are you going to be talking about this week, Bards?
0: Someone who has multiple pro titles, amateur titles, is a coach, is a mommy, is a wife, and she has done just as much as anyone to help grow the sport. And again, the level of bowling culture. Her name, Deandra Asbady. She was born Deandra Hyman in 1980 in a suburb of Chicago, and her parents uh, moved her and her older sister, Cassie, just across the border to another Chicago suburb town. This would be in Indiana. And the bowling bug hit her at an early age. Her grandmother had bought her older sister, Cassie, a bowling ball and got her started when she was five. Well, in August of 1985, DeAndre's grandmother buys her a bowling ball. And she's off and running. Sometimes the schedule was a little weird, but DeAndra from an early age knew that that was what she wanted to do and maybe have a future with it. So fast forward eight or nine years, and the Hyman sisters were really, really cooking, and people were starting to take notice. I sat down with DeAndra and talked about many things, including just that, but she tended to disagree. Uh,
2: Mainly they were paying attention to Cassie. Oh, (laughs) my I was Cassie's little sister for a really long time and I didn't mind it because it was a really good thing to be. I mean, she set the precedent. She won before me. She showed me the way, showed me what was possible and I um, don't know if I would have achieved as much as I did if it wasn't for somebody that was uh, right in front of me doing it and showing me what it takes. I remember the shift from, Bowling for fun to, Oh, Cassie's winning. Oh, I want to win. Well, I guess, I guess uh, she's putting in a lot more time at practice and maybe I should stop running to the Adams family pinball machine over there and spend more time on the lanes and um, practice if I want to win. And so then I did. And then I realized that um, you get out what you put in. And uh, so then I started putting in the work and seeing the rewards and Still, you know, in high school, it was I was still Cassie's little sister until I decided on where I was going to go to college. And everyone assumed I would go to Wichita because she did, which I would have loved to share a year with her there. But, you know, I just thought maybe this is going to make me Deandra. Maybe if I make a different decision and I just don't follow her everywhere, I'll define my own name. And. And so it is. I went and and I did. It was um, amazing because I was able to do things that she then hadn't done yet. And uh, all of a sudden, I became Deandra there at University of Nebraska.
0: Well, but backpedaling just a little bit. I mean, obviously, she made her mark in uh, high school as well. She was the 1998 Indiana State Female Youth Bowler of the Year in 1998 and also the Indiana Junior Queens Champion that same year and also... An Alberta Crow star of tomorrow. All of this in her senior year of high school. So then she did go to the collegiate ranks, and of course, she did well. Everybody figured she would. Multiple time uh, national championships. Coaches Association Bowler of the Year, First Team All-American, Student Athlete of the Year, and everything kept on going. Bowler's Journal International Amateur Bowler of the Year, twice in that time frame, 2000 and 2001. Continuing her overseas work was very, very big for her. She participated in the FIQ, Tournament of the Americas, won multiple medals in the Junior World Championships in 2000, the 2000 FIQ World Ten Pin Team Cup, And on and on and on it went. So by the time DeAndra got out of college, Lenny, she was starting to punch all her tickets.
1: Well, you know, she burst onto the scene. And I remember when she first came out there and made a name for herself. In fact, uh, years ago, I had her on the show. She was just starting out. And uh, she was a beautiful girl with a great style. And she, like you say, checked all the boxes. She became so popular that I kind of lost track of her for a while. But tell us a little bit about how her pro career went. Well, unfortunately, it didn't get off the ground very early. <laughs> that's the
0: that's the rub about the whole thing that time of uh, the 2000s, Lenny, because unfortunately, around the same time, the PWBA folded. Her pro career would end up early on in the 2000s, a lot of overseas work in it, along with all of her uh, mates from the uh, what would have been the PWBA. A lot of the women pros were taking a lot of flights overseas and doing not only professional but amateur work over there. So that's how she got started. But then, you know, she was still racking up wins, racking up wins everywhere in the international circuit. So it wasn't exactly the disappointment that you might have thought it was.
2: I've had a lot of time to think about it now. And uh, at the time when I graduated and that was, you know, like finally I'm done with college and I can go out on the professional tour and bowl against the best women bowlers in the world. I was ready to do it. And then I looked and it wasn't there Um, the same year that I graduated. So the timing couldn't have been worse (laughs) What I do think is that, um, you know, I don't have any regrets in, in my life. I don't have any, uh, I don't, I don't feel sorry for myself. I sure. was able to travel internationally for a lot of years for 15 years. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was on the pro tour. Cause at that time, right. you could not be a, um, a pro on team USA. And so I would have had to make the choice, um, So when I think about, you know, oh, I missed out on the professional tour and the PWBA, and at my peak, I wasn't there winning titles, Um, I then think, man, but I won all around the world. And I was three-time World Bowler of the Year, and I met some of the best people, uh, you know, that I've ever met in my life competing uh, on a world level. And not a lot of people can say that. And so I have... It was unfortunate, but it was. This is my story, and uh, would I would I have more PWBA titles? I would. I know I would. But I'm not mad about it. You know.
0: Well, she wasn't mad about it. In fact, uh, in the middle of uh, the 2000s, Phantom. Here's why I really love Tom Clark and the people around him in the PBA. They decided they were going to start showcasing the women. Let's get some of the women back on TV again. Let's make sure people know they're around by operating some tournaments. And she was able to do a little winning. Uh, This was the PBA Women's Series. Sometimes it would run concurrently. Well, I think every time it ran concurrently with the World Series of Bowling. In 2007, she came back and won the Great Lakes Classic, got her some money there. She continued to participate overseas and with the PBA's involvement. In fact, she joined up with Brian Voss in 2010. If you remember, 2010 was a great year for women. That was Kelly Kulik's uh, PBA Tournament of Champions win. She was there with Brian Voss and won the PBA Don and Paula Carter Mixed Doubles Tournament and then was still participating in all kinds of other events, the USBC of course, may still maintain the Queens and the USBC World Open. So here comes 2012, and here comes the Queens, and there's all kinds of things uh, that she's got to look forward to.
1: Yeah, you know, that was pretty sad, what happened to the women. In fact, there was a period of time back then, um, there was no senior tour, there was no women's tour, there was nothing except the regular tour, and that was on a limited basis. But success isn't always how well you throw the ball. Uh, You know, it counts to have a good approach, a good arm swing, a good knee bend and all that. But the most important part is to have a good mental game. And that's what she always had. And that's why she's always been a success.
0: Yeah, so she was still able to compete against the pros in other tournaments, like we talked about. And then she started uh, toward the 2012 Queens. There were some things starting to weigh on her. First of all, she was a wife. Uh, She had just, uh, her child was coming up on two years old. She had her first child in 2010. She was in with Jason Belmonte on a new adventure called the International Art of Bowling, where that's uh, a coaching realm, one-on-one. She had also designed a women's series of clothing that she was trying to manage all at the same time. So she had a lot of doubts going into the 2012 USBC Queens but then she won the thing. She just came up. She stepped up. What a gutty performance it was. And it was another beautiful time for another great camera shot by those great camera pros. She threw her last ball. She knew it was a winner. And every bit of emotion just came flowing out of her face, of her body, everything. And we talked about that.
2: I was feeling mediocre at everything, at being a mom, at being a bowler, at being a coach. And yeah. it was, it was a struggle. And in fact, I remember I remember on the way to that Queens tournament, I just, I had so many conflicting emotions and even like, do I even belong? Like what, what, who am I? It was a interesting time for me. And then, it, and then when I won, I felt like that was complete validation for like just I'm going to be okay, no matter what I choose, like, however I want to compete in whatever capacity it is, um, that's okay. You know, you don't have to continue to just put bowling first and try to be the best in the world forever. Like, you know, it's okay to let yeah. go a little bit. And that was, you know, no one ever talked to me about that. Nobody ever said, you know, your body's going to change. You're going to have the baby and then you're going to have to stop bowling for a little bit and, you know, gain your strength. But like, you know, it was a process and my my competitive mind didn't wasn't ready for it. And so I am so happy that I can be that for other girls now. And I can show them that, you know, you think that bowling is going to be number one in your life forever and it will be important, but it's also okay if you, you pivot and you shift.
0: So not only was she still able to compete against the pros in other tournaments, but she was also excelling and then starting to uh, put her mind to maybe one or two other things
1: you know i do recall her career i followed bowling as you probably know as much as anybody but you know you talked a little bit earlier about her coaching and, and teaching and all that but i remember seeing something about she was writing articles in magazines yeah. so tell us about that well you know her coaching and teaching was with
0: iabowling.com again that was uh, Her venture with Jason Belmonte that kind of went on the shelf. But on that flight in 2012, excuse me, to the Queens, she was on the phone with Jason Belmonte because she had gotten this idea for an elite youth tour in the Chicagoland area and maybe spread it out to other areas. Now that was in 2012. So she uh, developed a staff. She got Jason involved. She uh, started out very basic and then ended up getting it larger and larger and larger and she put together a great staff and now here we are 10 years later and she still has the elite youth tour she's got a great staff of coaches and they're not only coaching bowling they're trying to coach life in general for these kids
2: yep eliteyouthtour.com and also we're on we're on facebook we're on instagram you can find me at Deandra as Beatty on Instagram and and Facebook and, and, and it is really me that replies to everyone and everybody, you know, I think sometimes they're shocked when I do respond um, to fans and they're like, is this really you? And I'm like, I don't have people. Like it's, it's all, it's all me.
0: (laughs) And she does too, Lenny. She responds to me all the time, just like she would anybody else. She's a great lady, a great leader. They've raised thousands and thousands upon thousands of scholarship dollars they even do canned food drives a couple of times a year uh, for the homeless and the uh, put-down in the area. Uh, they're doing everything they can to make sure that they not only develop a high-quality bowler, someone who will help develop the bowling culture down the road, but also a high-quality human being. And I think that's progress.
1: When she first burst onto the scene, like I mentioned, you know, I, I saw her coming up and I, I had her on the show. and. She's got this wonderful personality, and I kept thinking to oh, myself, yeah. you know, this is the second coming of, of a Dick Weber type of ambassador for bowling on the women's side. And she hasn't failed, uh, even though she's not in the limelight much anymore. She's still a figurehead in bowling, and she's well-respected in the game. And, you know, we can talk about her for hours, but i got to get well, one thing in here, Pards, if you don't mind. Okay. Sure. As you probably realize um, – I promised years ago that I'd never forget the past, and we've been interviewing people that have been talking about some of the players from the past. We recently had on Glenn Allison, and I want to make a special announcement. Here's a chance to get a -a one-of-a-kind souvenir. It's a brand-new Glenn Allison 900 shirt, and enjoy a discount from Phantom Radio. Well, the 900 shirt has an image of Glenn on it, And it says, 900. I did it. So call his friend and manager, Jerry Hale, to order this at 714-309-7587 and be the first in your area to get this historic souvenir shirt. So once again, call Jerry at 714-309-7587. Be sure to mention Phantom Radio for your discount. All right, Bards, go ahead. You got the floor
0: again. Well, thank you so much for mentioning that. Boy, it's hard to believe it's been 40 years since that occurred, huh? La Habra, California. That was a great – that was a hot hotbed of bowling, too, just that uh, town over there. It was amazing. I um, want to say thank you to Deandra Asbady. Not only – this is my second or third time talking to her over the past 10 years. What a, what a great ambassador to the game. And, hey, she's back out with the PWBA pros. They're out on tour right now as we speak. And uh, – Congratulations. I want to say hi to Darren Tang, uh, one of those young guns out there. That, I mean, they're, he's really looking for a breakthrough season. He won the first two uh, tournaments on the PBA West on the regional tour. He's placed a first, a first, and a third if you go back into May. So congratulations to him. The PBA 50 is hotter than ever right now. The talent on the PBA 50, unbelievable. One of the tournaments in, uh, in the month of May... Toward the middle of May, Walter Ray, here's a good example of competition, Lenny. Walter A. Williams in the final block of qualifying. This was the PBA More, uh, PBA 50 More tournament. He started with a 300. He followed it up with a 299 and did not make the top five. <laughs> I, it, I'm t- I, it is brutal. There is so much talent out there right now, you know, that it's uh, it's incredible. It's fun to watch every week. Congratulations to the PBA 50. You guys are cooking.
1: I'll tell you what, you're right. Uh, I know a lot of guys, for a long time, they couldn't wait for a senior tour. Now those guys are saying, man, I hope I don't have to bowl that yet. I wonder if I can still bowl the regular tour. These guys are (laughs) tough out there with all them Hall of Famers.
0: (laughs) They're out there. I mean, it has has Weber, uh, Angelo, uh, the great Parker Bone has been making noise. I just, just, the list you need to start up and just keep on going alphabetically. It's tremendous.
1: You know, Pards, uh, I've, it, I've interviewed, uh, I don't know, 400 and something people. I, I can't even keep track. But, you know, all the great ones of all time. And I just mentioned Glenn Allison. He's one. And, yep. and Don Carter and, and Dick Weber and all them guys. Uh, Bill Lillard. Every time I talk to a superstar, they always deflect the conversation. They won't let me talk about them. And I want to put this in about you, you know. You never talk about yourself, yet you, you brag about everybody. I, I've never seen anybody love bowling as much as you. So just give us a minute or so, heads up, on how you're doing. I heard you had COVID for a while, and uh, yeah. uh, I hope you're back on your feet, parts. Well, I'm back
0: on my feet. Uh, got the arthritis thing going, but that's okay. I'm still doing, uh, still doing some uh, local and regional TV work for a great, great uh, locally based video production company, Leglider Video Productions, out of uh, South Central Kansas. Whenever they've got room for me, I'm, I'm always their first call, and uh, still doing everything from baseball to basketball, and uh, hopefully a lot more uh, national presence with uh, the NAIA. They're really pleased with a lot of the work they're doing for them. So I'm just kind of hanging out in between and uh, making sure I keep up on uh, the game of bowling as much as I possibly can. And uh, every once in a while, I look forward with a conversation with my old friend, the Phantom.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, you're a fixer on on Facebook. And I'm just wondering if, if anybody ever contacts you because you've got a lot of knowledge, a lot of advice. Uh, Do you ever answer anybody out there? Uh,
0: occasionally somebody will come up and uh, I'll just be surprised by a friend request or something like that. And, uh, you know, in this day and age, you got to kind of be careful with that sort of thing. But uh, occasionally I will go ahead and bite and then uh, take that friend request. And one of the first things that I will hear is, so what's your take on uh, the colored oil? What's your take on... Uh, the ban on the, the recent ban on the bowling balls. What's your take on this? What's your take on that? So that's kind of gratifying. And I think, uh, you know, I try to have the most complete knowledge available through all the different wonderful sources we have anymore. So, you know, I like to mix opinion with fact, and I like to let just let people uh, make up their own mind once I'm done.
1: Well, you do a fantastic job, and I appreciate you coming on here. And and I just really want to thank you again for and not reviving DeAndre's name, but just to bring her up and keep her current. with. I know she's got a tremendous fan base, not only in this country, but around the world. So yeah. i got a minute left. I'll give it to you. Go ahead and close the show, Fards. Well, once again, this is just an example
0: of uh, when you started this uh, way back when, some 20 years ago. You know, you and I were talking about saving the sport. And these days we're talking about growing the sport, revamping the sport. And my take has always been the bowling culture in the United States just left. It went out the window with Saturday soccer for the youth. And uh, once that happened, then I knew that there was going to be a lot of trouble in this industry. Well, uh, it's people like Kelly Kulik and Jason Belmonte uh, there's a lot of other people out there at Andrew Simonson with the storm youth tour. Uh, Daniel McEwen is also helping out with that. The PBA youth tour is out there and slowly the good people who really care are out there trying to rebuild the bowling culture. Let's all get together and do what we can to revive the bowling culture and our sport. will stay alive.
1: Well, well said my friend and you stand by, uh, you stay in touch You know, I'm going to pick on your brain a whole lot as time goes by because I'm not ready to hang them up yet, but the old clock on the wall does tell me that we're out of time for this week, and we look forward to talking to all of you again next week. We'll have another interesting guest to talk to. So, CJ, thank you again, and I want to thank our other sponsors, Storm Bowling and Brad Edelman from the High Roller and Dave Kowalski, the bowling guru from Michigan. Well, they have 7,000 junior bowlers up there. So, from Phantom Radio, this is the Phantom. When you're down and troubled, and you need some love and care, and nothing, Well nothing is going right. your eyes and think of me and soon I